Jack of All Nerds is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. It's 8 p.m., kitties, and you know what that means. Guy love, he's mine, I'm his. There's nothing gay about it in our eyes. You puny rangers, make my monster grow! Oh no, guys! It's Mel Vitor! We need Krispy Kreme Megazord power now! Welcome back to more cooking with Bane. Oh, you think grilling is your ally? Now's not the time to sear. That comes later. Are you the doctor? Uh, no, I'm the nurse. Where is he? You've been listening to the G Spot, where we play nothing but Kenny G classics for a two-hour block of time. Due to explicit content, listener discretion is advised. On with the show. Welcome to the Jack of All Nerds on Chaotic Radio. I am the Jack of All Nerds, Michael Maxwell. Joining me, as always, Mr. Derek Murray. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hey. And in the booth, Danny Anthony. What's up? Meh. 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 And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everybody. That's right. Uh, and our special guest in the studio tonight, one of the hosts of the SSG podcast, or the uh, Sunnydale Study Group, study group podcast. Uh, Omar, good job, everybody. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Thanks so much for coming down here. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. Yes. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we, we met over a magical role-playing game session over on Hyper RPG, yep. run by Mr. Matt Acevedo. So DuckTales was pretty awesome. And it stuck Woo! pretty strictly to the canonical uh, <laughs> <laughs> rules of DuckTales. There was no Iron Man suit. Nope, nope nothing like that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it did, uh, didn't turn into, uh, you know, just a, a super long video game that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yes, yeah. It shall remain named. It was just a, a two-hour trailer. <laughs> yeah, two-hour E3 cheeser. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, again, thank you for being here. Where can uh, people find out more information about you and your show? Uh, that can be found at SSG Podcast on Twitter, as well as my own personal Twitter, which is Omar Najam. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, all the stuff can be there. Sweet. And, <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about your show coming Great. up in a little while. Tonight, guys, this is our last show of 2017 because, you know, calendars and stuff, <laughs> they change days every year. And this year... <laughs> Christmas Eve and New Year's fall on the night that we do our show. And look, while I am fine being here, being an Ebenezer and doing my show uh, on Christmas Eve, apparently Bob Crotchet and Tiny Tim over here <laughs> have like previous but, uh, engagements. It's Christmas. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is it, everybody. It's the last one for the year. So sad. Um, but we're going out with a bang. In, in that, I'm going to blow up the studio afterwards. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, it's clear you've seen The Last Jedi, and you just want to burn it all down. I get it. <laughs> totally um, makes sense. And full disclosure, even though we many of us have seen the movie already, as we normally do, we usually give you a week before we talk about it. Uh, you're going to get like three weeks. <laughs> we'll be back in yeah. January. Yeah. And, so I don't want to hear any shit. Yeah. 
come January when we start unpacking this yeah, thing. But you can rest assured, our first show back will be all about yep. Last Jedi, for yep. sure. I basically spent my entire weekend fighting with fanboys. That's that's literally been my entire weekend. <laughs> so I'm I'm ready. I'm I will ready say to this about uh, it. again. We because we don't like to spoil anything, but I I would go see it if you're a fan of Star Wars. Yeah, I would too. already. I would recommend seeing yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I would say regardless of whether or not, uh, regardless of how you fall or, or who you've spoken to and where they fall, I would encourage you to see it for yourself, make your own opinions. Um, it, it is definitely something that I think everyone should see, regardless of what you think about it after you've seen it. Yeah. Um, but I, I do recommend that if you are a fan of Star Wars, uh, you should definitely check it out for yourself, tune out everybody's opinion, and make your own. Come for the movie, stay for the ports. Did you get a chance to see it? <laughs> I did, I did. My, yeah, my recommendation uh, completely echoes your guys's. Uh, maybe even doubly so, because I'd say wa- see it twice. I haven't seen it twice yeah. yet. We, but... we both have, actually. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Would you recommend it? I would actually yeah. say, I for me, uh, seeing it again, because we did a review immediately after, Yeah. Uh, and I would actually change my review. Uh, really? I would actually get, there were things that I I had issues with the first time around, that after watching it and having a different perspective, I I actually enjoyed. I would actually give it a higher review upon a well, second watch. And then also uh. after you've seen it the first time, obviously there's things that you know that you didn't know before. And right. So when you're watching it again, there was something that I I was looking for, and I mentioned it to him. Yep. And it's it like blows your fucking mind. Yeah. When you are watching it again, you're like, how did I not know that? It's, yep. it's, oh, I yeah, think it's, I know what you're talking about. It's pretty intense. About. Yeah. I think you might too. <laughs> yeah. it's, he, I was actually, what's funny is because I'd already seen it, I was like, well, I don't have to hold my pee. So like, I, <laughs> I, like, I got up and went to the restroom and I checked my phone and I got his message and he was like, hey, during this scene, pay attention and see if you catch it. And then I did and I was like, Holy shit! How did I not know that this was gonna happen? Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, so but good. yeah, I, I would, I would say that this movie holds. Uh, I, I think there's so much purpose and meaning behind everything that happens that you should definitely see it twice to really, to really take it all in. So once the initial shock of all the things that happen wear off, you actually get to see the meaning behind all of them when you watch it again. That so. sounds fantastic. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic experience. It, it really was. <laughs> both times, I was, I was so pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it twice. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's move on. Guys, we've been doing our little, uh, December candy cane taste test. Uh, last week we did those awful Oreo flavored candy canes, which I don't even know who in the marketing department thought that up uh, and thought it was a good idea, but they were not. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> they were awful. They were, they really they were, were. so bad. Uh, so tonight we're trying out something a little different. Um, these are atomic warhead. Sour candy canes. Hell yeah! And I look. I have not had an Atomic Warhead since I was a lad. Um, what were you a wee lad? No, just a lad. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a very important distinction. You yeah. gotta. Yeah. So I'm. I'm hoping that these are dreadfully sour and that we all make silly faces. But I already know that Danny loves these things, so I imagine it'll be nothing. I'm just a fan of sour candy in general, but these these are the. All right. Who uh, Who wants to make faces first? I'm already there, man. Oh, you're, he's, he's already, yeah, he's already sucking on <laughs> he's, it. He's getting a second. <laughs> he was in. Don't disappoint me. Oh, this is actually difficult to understand. Um, yeah, I will say this. After a first little, um, not dreadfully sour. Really? No, they're they're a little bit sour. It said split. The thing that said like atomically, super, insanely sour on the packaging. They lied. Super sour. It says super sour. Super sour. And it's like it's less than that. 
<laughs> okay, let's see. Let's see how this goes. That's not sour at all. No. Oh, shit. Like right, at all. There we go. It tastes good, though. It's good. Oh, well, okay. The sour does come in waves. It does get a little more sour as you suck. I'm not getting it yet. <laughs> you gotta suck hard. Is that what you, do? <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. You gotta squeeze that sour out. Cup the balls. Like, just let... Put it in your mouth. And just let it rest on your tongue. <laughs> I do, I do like go. that. Yep. I do like that. Unless we're commentating, you just hear a bunch of dudes sucking. Like, that's it. That's the only sound. <laughs> but seriously, if you just rest it on your tongue, mm-hmm. you'll get it. But when you have it going around your mouth, mm-hmm. you're not. it's not hitting the appropriate taste buds. Because mm-hmm. at the front, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. even then, it's not super... No. I remember Warhead being War- crazy no, sour. I did have a Warhead. Um, my girlfriend brought him home. And I had one, and I was just like, holy crap, I don't remember him being this, this sour. This is very, it's very Jolly Rancher to me, Yeah, is what yeah. it tastes like. Yeah. That's it's, it. Yeah. It still tastes good. It's a good candy cane. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, considering I hate peppermint, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not terrible. Like, I'm not going to, I don't want another one. Um, but oh, it, it's oh, good, because you can't home. have another one. <laughs> yeah, no. I, we've done worse. I, I guess that's oh, yeah. why... I guess that's where yeah, I, where the candy canes are really disappointing me this year. Yeah, we've we've had some had some disappointments. Mm-hmm. We um uh, we tried a peppermint Twinkie. Yeah. Because we tried the pumpkin spice Twinkie is the most foul thing we've ever put in our mouths. Yeah. It yeah. was so pungent with pumpkin spice flavor that we uh, we were expecting like strong peppermint and it just tasted like a Twinkie. Yeah. Oh, so there. Okay, that's just packaging. Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, no, it did 100%. turn it did, it did turn my poop red for a good day yeah. and a half. I don't. We, well, but well, we were so let down. There was a, there were uh, what were the other ones? The, the cupcakes, right? No, they were candy corn flavored cupcakes from Hostess yeah. as well, okay. which we bought with the intention of them being repulsive and unedible, right? And they weren't at all. They were just regular cupcakes. They were just fine. They, they were fine. <laughs> they were fine. We were so disappointed. Yeah, it just tasted like a cupcake. That yeah, was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I finished mine, and I don't finish most of the things that we do when we do these things. That's not an adventure at all. That was yeah, just no. It was. <laughs> it hurt. It was really. It was really sad. We the the two the two thresholds are the pumpkin spice hot dogs, and which we've had, uh, and the, the hot dogs. Uh, yeah, I, made, I yeah. made them. I made them. Yeah, there was a you, uh like a Facebook video that was mm-hmm. going around that I'm sure was a joke, but we saw it and I was like, I can make that. We're gonna try <laughs> I'm gonna break that joke. Yeah, no, he did, and it was. Like, I was sick when I got home. Like, it was, <laughs> it, it was so repulsive. It's been the only thing I've actually taken out of the studio with me, like, physically, because it just sat in my stomach and I, I was like, it, I was uncomfortable with how <laughs> disgusting it was. Uh, that and then, uh, yeah, the pumpkin spice Twinkies, they were just, I, dude, you could smell it through the wrapping is how pungent it was. Like, it, yeah, th- those are the thresholds. Safe. So if it doesn't meet those, Everything else is just sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah. It's just a dis- big disappointment for the month of December. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if we're not repulsed, it's not fun. Anyway, so uh, let's uh, let's move on and talk about the people who allow us to be here. That's right, everybody. It's sponsor time. All right. First up. The Etiwanda Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Conveniently located off the 210 freeway, the Day Creek exit in Rancho Cucamonga, California. The Etiwanda Roadhouse. Roadhouse. 
Roadhouse, it's the sweet one. As nightly food specials, drink specials, live entertainment, pub trivia, karaoke, all kinds of good stuff. For more information, visit facebook.com forward slash E Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Also, check out The Dinner Detective, America's largest interactive murder mystery dinner show. Enjoy a fabulous four course meal while solving a hilarious murder investigation. For more information, visit thedinnerdetective.com. And if you're purchasing tickets for the Claremont, California location, use the promo code CRIME to get a $5 discount. And also check out Four Color Fantasies Comic Book Store located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. It is the greatest comic book store of all time, everybody. Yeah. So great. We, uh, we just did their private screening for Last Jedi. And uh, it was phenomenal. Yes, it was. Gave away a lot of cool stuff. They gave away a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, some expensive stuff. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. As they often do. And uh, they do these for all the big comic book movies and Star Wars movies, guys. It's like 25 28 bucks a ticket. You get a raffle ticket for the cool prizes. You get a t-shirt. You get a goodie bag. All kinds of good stuff. And you get to see the movie with your fellow nerds. Like, what more can you ask for? So, check them out at fourcolorfantasies.com and also on facebook.com forward slash 4CFRancho. And both of those are with the number four, not with it spelled out. Uh, and while they're not sponsors, we do have to give a shout out to Hyper RPG for hosting us on their SoundCloud, everybody. Check out all their awesome programming and not just our show, but they do all kinds of cool stuff just on their twitch.tv forward slash Hyper RPG. A lot of that gets transferred over into podcast form on their SoundCloud forward slash Hyper, Hyper RPG as well. So check it out. And you actually, you work with them quite a bit on stuff, don't Yeah, you? I host the show The Gauntlet on Thursdays Ooh. on Hyper RPG. I, no, look, I'm going to I'm gonna just do this on the air so that no one can be like, well, you suck. That's why we don't. Um, <laughs> I want to get on this show because I'm a big RPG, okay, like, great. tabletop RPG guy. And, like, I've asked and I just never get answered. I feel What so Thursday? Uh, we won't be the Thursday after Christmas. I think we won't be doing a show. <laughs> but. Any of the other Thursdays. All right. They're it's yours. a date. <laughs> um, yeah, so you said that's uh, Thursday nights from when to when? 6.30 to 8.30. And what do you guys do on there for people that might not be familiar with it? In case you don't know, The Gauntlet is a long-running hyper RPG show where there was a uh, an arena where people would fight in sort of a Pathfinder-esque way. And um, then uh, I believe it was Whitney Moore... Uh, shut it down when she was playing, and she was just like, "This is bad. Like you, you, you're just making people kill each other <laughs> in this in the show. I'm shutting it down." And so her character shut down the gauntlet, <laughs> which was run by Chris Vermonte's character, and my co-host on Sunday Little Group's character, Amontiak. And then, so now the show is it's very Thor Ragnaroki. I don't want to say too much in case people haven't seen it, but he is um a, on a path of redemption. <laughs> Through the universe to uh, make up for all the terrible um, gladiator fights. <laughs> so each each week is just an insane new challenge. Chris hasn't quite figured out how, as his character, to achieve redemption. So it might take a while. <laughs> might, he can't quite get that he has to do like selfless actions. <laughs> That's, I don't know why there's not a TV show of this. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, that literally sounds like something I would watch. <laughs> so yeah, guys, check that out. Um, and also, we have to talk about Patreon. Yeah! Because that's a thing. Yeah! And you can... Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> Thanks, Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman would be better if he was two different people. <laughs> Merman! It's Merman! 
anyway, <laughs> you can support us on Patreon because these sponsors do pay for us to be here in the studio, but there's other costs, website costs, equipment costs, that kind of thing. And for just pennies a month, um, not really, for at least a dollar a month, <laughs> you too can support a struggling podcast. That's right. Um, and there's uh, cool stuff that we do, extras. Mm-hmm. This month's extra has already been recorded. That's our commentary track for everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'll be coming out, uh, to patrons only next yeah. week. That was, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, one of the first commentary checks we've done that I've enjoyed the film that we've been doing. It actually, it actually made it, it made it more difficult because you want to just watch the movie and not yeah. talk about it. Because, yeah. so. yeah. I mean, all the other ones we've done were just like, please, somebody say something so I don't have to watch what's happening. But this one, I was like, Mike, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to watch Die Hard. Yeah, there's, there's a good couple of moments where there's just silence where we're just like, Hans is dreaming. <laughs> so Shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. Uh, but yeah, that'll be coming out uh, next week for everybody if you're yep. on Patreon. And again, that's uh, patreon.com forward slash Jack of All Nerds. And, you know, help us. Help you. Help us. <laughs> yep. So Whatever Jared McGuire yeah. says. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, guys, it is time for Blast from the Past. Uh, the last blast from the past. Ever. Ever. I mean, not really, but, uh, at least, <laughs> at least, well, to say like this year would be a lie too. So it's, it is going to be the last one for a while because, uh, there's this thing going around the internet about watch uh, one Marvel movie a week and it'll take you right up to Avengers Infinity War. And so we're going to start doing that next in, in place of Blast from the Past. We're all going to watch these movies and then reminisce about the ones we haven't seen in quite some time. So, um, that'll be replacing that. But, this is what we're doing right now. So, starting first, I believe is you, Danny. Yeah, I think it is me. With 1998. Yeah. So, Omar, what we do is we start from the most uh, most recent and work our way backward. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to get through this quick because I really want to hear about Omar's movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's, it's, if it's Kung Fu Kangaroos, man. <laughs> How can you beat that pitch? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did Jack Frost. Uh, it's about a... Uh, the, the, should clarify that so it's the, the 1998 Michael Keaton Jack Frost, not the, <laughs> yeah, the horrible, horrible horror movie about God. a murderous snowman. Yeah, he did the family. He did the family comedy friendly, drama. Yes. I don't. I don't want to hear about Frost. it. Then I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's not what I'm into. Um, it's about a uh, father and husband who's in a up and coming kind of uh, blues rock band, uh, and while he's traveling doing shows. Um, he is involved in a, uh, automobile accident and That's right. Away. I forgot he was a musician. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, before he leaves on his, uh, tour, he tells his son, uh, I have this magic harmonica, harmonica, and anytime you play it, I can hear it. Um, so after he passed away, it's been like, I, I want to say like maybe a month or so, maybe a couple months and his son's, you know, kind of withdrawn himself, um, in grief, which is totally understandable, but he one night is sitting um, uh, after making a snowman, which is what he and his father did uh, as their holiday tradition. He decides he's going to play the harmonica, and he plays the harmonica, and boom, the snowman comes to life, and it's what? the soul of his dead dad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they go on adventures. It's so wacky. It's, and, <laughs> it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. It's so just but like it, out of nowhere. No, like. It really hits you where you live, dog. <laughs> Not really. I live in Southern California. Yeah, I don't know what a snowman <laughs> is. Um, and uh, when his dad comes back, he like shows him how to have fun and be a kid again and 
teaches him all the stuff he wanted to teach him when he was alive. And, um, so his son actually ends up, you know, kind of, ah, oh, this is dad. I got to keep him alive. And, you know, the spring starts coming and the snowman starts melting. And so they're like, they go on this like road trip to get into a colder climate. And like, that's when mom comes around and she's like, oh my God, it's, it's you. And, um, just in time to watch him melt and melt our hearts. Oh, sounds in like the, a in the super process. depressing movie. <laughs> Dude, honestly, it's one of those movies where I just kind of get choked up every time. Because I love Michael Keaton. So you're giving it a... It's a blast. Oh, absolutely. It blast it's a blast. There. It's a cute little family drama movie. I like it. I, I think I've only seen it the one time. But yeah. I, I remember I pulled on the heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. I think. I think it does speak to the uh, ability of Michael Keaton to be able to act through a CG snowman. snowman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, so now I think we're actually not venturing that far back from 98. Uh, yeah, Warriors of Virtue is 97. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a lot earlier. <laughs> so I looked it up. Hey, man, shit happens. Based on, like, <laughs> yeah. the, based on the production value, is that is that it? or? I, it's just like, because like Office Space was a 99 film. In my mind, there's not a two-year gap between Warriors of Virtue and Office Space. It's a, like a 20-year gap. <laughs> but, <laughs> so what is Warriors of Virtue? So there's a, uh, I'll keep this very, very open so you can understand the gen- the universal mythology behind this. There's a kid uh, that wants to play on the football team, but he can't because his leg is hurt. And uh, he wants to hang out with the cool kids, and they dare him to walk over this uh, sort of swirling uh, water, like, sewer area. And he falls in with a magic book in his backpack that was given to him by a buddy that works in a restaurant. And this takes him to the magical land of Tao, which is defended uh, by these warriors of virtue, which are kangaroos that can do kung fu and uh, herald the elements uh, of our universe. I love everything you're telling me right now. <laughs> why, why I have never experienced this before, I, I don't know, but I, I need this. It's please, mind bl- please continue. <laughs> they have to stop, um, and, uh, as we're going through, uh, feel free to yell at any movie that comes to mind that totally is taken from the story. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, uh, it's going to be a whole Santa's bag of them. Uh, they, there is a bad guy named Komodo who is um, using up these wells of life um, to keep himself young and powerful. And so he's mining this mineral out of the earth to keep himself uh, uh, so vibrant. And there's one left in the Warriors of Virtue along with our young protagonist, must defend that last well to save the world of Tao and also to stop Komodo from going into the real world. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they do. <laughs> they do by, in the end, by some fighting, but mostly learning that if you kill people, parts of your soul gets damaged, and that affects your magic. I see. Is, so now are the, are the kangaroos... CG or is it no they use suits? I was watching it today on YouTube, which you can also do. Uh unless it's blocked regionally. But for right now, until this gets out, <laughs> you can no one no, no companies jumped in on it. Um there I didn't I don't recall seeing any CG CG. There might be some like sparkly after effects that mm. were put in, but no, they're full like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle original movie 
kangaroos in suits. Uh, or I would assume human actors in kangaroo suits. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's kangaroos. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah we went straight to the kangaroo union <laughs> for, for this one. So yeah, it's kangaroos, uh, and they're just hopping around and doing stuff and, uh, and throwing rings oh, around. I'm looking at the, some photos from it. Yeah, those, those look like suits. And the gentleman, uh, I believe from, uh, I really hope I'm not wrong in this. I believe in the Twin Peaks. Who speaks backwards is in the film, and it just hmm. watching it. I was so excited to see him <laughs> in a kids film where he where that character belongs. Oh, Doug Jones is in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. Doug Jones is in everything. <laughs> he really is. It's so funny when I tell people I'm like, oh yeah, like we've interviewed Doug Jones, and like I don't know who that is, and I'm like, I trust me, you do. I, I, I promise you do. <laughs> if you haven't seen Doug Jones, you are looking at Doug Jones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird when you do see him. Like when he yeah. appeared on Arrow, I want to say, as oh, a yeah. Flash as a metahuman, uh-huh. and it's just him, and you're like, that's that's unsettling. <laughs> what are your powers? You bend? I bet he bends. No, he doesn't bend. He doesn't do anything. It's, it's what? Weird that, like his real life persona is more unsettling than like the characters that he plays. Like when you see him in real life, you're like, that's not a real person. I'll take any Buffy villain over. <laughs> over <laughs> you real life human. Labyrinth, Silver <laughs> Sir, I'll take them all. <laughs> so I uh, take it you're, you're giving it a blast? I have to give it a blast. It's so much better than I remember. I'm uh, sold. You, I yeah. legit, like, I'm totally sold and I need this movie. Uh, he, sent, he sent me a link to it so uh, for the for the YouTube, so I'm going to check it out. Oh, yeah. no. There I, was a sequel? <laughs> there was a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Warriors of Virtue 2, Return to Tau. I, could, I can't find that one, so I don't this, know what to tell oh you. Oh my god, no. Yeah. <laughs> this, this just keeps getting better. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it on, is it on YouTube as well? I couldn't find it personally. Oh, uh, it's, it's not nearly as highly rated. The, the, the subtitle for that should be Shit Happens Again. That's, uh, just so everyone knows the Shit Happens reference that's happening here. There's a great, the, the kid is the only one who can read from this magical manuscript. Um, that will release like a bunch of magical abilities and stuff like that for Komodo. And he's sitting on Komodo's bed after there's been some pretty epic twists and turns. Some characters that you thought were like never ending story, peaceful, good characters mm-hmm. are not. They're actually evil. And he's sitting on the bed and Komodo's like, read it to me. And the kid looks and looks up and he goes, okay, it says, shit happens. <laughs> Boom, I'm a 90s <laughs> movie kid. Take it and leave it. I get to curse twice in this film, and I'm cashing it in right now. And, and Komodo just looks at him and goes, shit happens? Like, everyone in the palace just it echoes through, like, shit happens. Like, that's the philosophy oh of this movie. Oh, my God. Uh, so in the- <laughs> I would have never heard of this. Like, I, I feel like my childhood was well, cheated. If, if the, the director is any indicator, uh, you... So this is some of the other stuff this guy has gone on to direct. He's, he's Ronnie Yu is an Asian film director, mm-hmm. so a lot of this stuff I can't even pronounce. But mm. uh, after Warriors of Virtue, it looked like he started doing a lot of stuff in America. So Bride of Chucky, yeah, Formula Fifty One, Freddy versus Jason, oh really, the classic, the classic. Yeah. Uh, Fearless. Oh, I I do like Fearless. Yeah, it's a great so, movie. Wow, there you go. All right, that's a, that's a pretty solid. So there's some, there's some good martial arts in this movie. Yeah, I'm sold. Yep, I'm sold. Some bright chucky. It is, it, it is, it is kangaroos doing the martial arts, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Look, I am the biggest fan of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and these look like it looked like somebody wanted to make a Yasagi Ojimbo movie, 
but yeah. couldn't get the rights to the rabbit. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels well, like. Well, kind of like if you took Usagi Ujimbo and mixed it with the whatever the creatures were from Tank Girl. <laughs> yeah. Solid. <laughs> Solid. All right, well, let's take our first commercial break of the night, and when we come back, uh, we're going to continue forth, and uh, we're going to get kind of a little confusing because we're going we're gonna to review the Santa Claus, and then we're going to review Santa Claus, the movie. Yep. So, there you go. Not the same movie, guys. No. Yeah, very not. different. I did that on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, if you wish to join the conversation, give us a call on 909-360-8330. Messages on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash jackofallnerds, or on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash jackofallnerds. We will be right back. Yeah. Everybody, let's move. Vanilla is filled with a new jack. We're going to rock. There's bad radio, good radio, and chaotic radio in that order. You're listening to the Jack of All Nerds show on Chaotic Radio, puny earth creature. Now, where did I put that Illudium Pew 36 space modulator? Welcome back to the Jack of All Nerds on Chaotic Radio. Tonight, we have Omar Najam in the studio. Hello. Thanks for being here. <laughs> I don't know why I got weird right then. Anyway, <laughs> before right, the break, thanks for the candy. Before the break, we were uh, in the middle of Blast from the Past. And up next, going back to 1994, is Mr. Derek Murray with... Yeah, the Santa Claus, as in... Contract clause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which they oh go out Oh my the, god, that makes in, so much sense. As in, as in generations now spell it incorrectly because of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they go out of their way to like make sure you know that that's the distinction. Um, it, on more than one occasion in this movie. Uh, so this movie, uh, stars Tim Allen and, uh, a wonderful, uh, uh, subplot with uh, Judge Reinhold uh, who <laughs> clearly did not age well because when I pulled up the <laughs> when I pulled up the cast list I was like oh god that's not Judge tell me that's not Judge <laughs> I mean at the heart of the story it really is just about a man and his weenie whistle it really is uh, it really is about a man and his weenie whistle and him not believing in another man that is really the entire plot of the same when you put it that way <laughs> uh so no so uh it plays uh it stars tim allen uh who is a executive at a toy making company and uh he is divorced uh and he's got you know joint custody of his son and uh his son doesn't really care for him even though he tries to be a good dad he's never around uh so he has to spend christmas eve uh with his kid and uh he explains to him what clatter means, and then he hears Santa on the roof. They go outside, and Santa falls off the roof, and I guess dies. I don't know. It's very, it's very weird because he like falls off the roof, but he's still alive, and then he just disappears the way like Jedi's do. It's, it's very bizarre. Uh, but in turn, he grabs the card, and if you put on the suit, there's a clause that says once you put on the suit and grab the card, you are now the new Santa Claus. Um, so. Tim Allen wakes up the next morning after basically being Santa Claus for a night. He thinks it's a dream, but then he starts gaining weight. His hair starts going gray, and he basically becomes Santa Claus. Uh, his son is trying to convince everybody that it's all real. 
uh, and everyone just thinks he's crazy and it kind of starts to have an effect on his life and he tries to deal with being a Santa. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much the story. It's, it's very basic. It's super Disney. Um, everything about it, like it hits all of your typical holiday plot points that you would think that any holiday movie would. Um, and I fucking love the hell out of it. Like I, <laughs> I seriously, I think I, I messaged Mike like 45 minutes in and I was like, I'm embarrassed as to how much I like this movie. Like <laughs> I'm sitting here watching it and like I, in the, the adult in me is like, this is cheesy as shit. And the kid in me is like, I want to believe in Santa again. <laughs> like it's just so, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just, it's super cheesy. And it's it has super the coolest silly. elf on the planet. Yeah, Bernard. Bernard. What's up? Actually, Judy's pretty badass too. She, look, she spent 1200 years perfecting hot chocolate. That is a dedicated elf. Let me tell you. It's like a Doctor Who obsession. <laughs> it really like. is. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's got a, it, yeah, it's got a great cast. Um, everybody's fantastic. Uh, Tim Allen is actually really enjoyable in this movie. Um, I'm, as much as I do enjoy home improvement, I'm not really a huge fan of Tim Allen. I don't really like a lot of the things that he does, but this is one of those rare moments where, uh, I think they kind of, they taper his performance just enough to give you enough of the Tim Allen, but also make him really likable as he moves but, but along. Do you ever notice that every Tim Allen movie is the same plot? Oh, for sure. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, he's not a dick anymore. Yeah, like, no, that's absolutely. The, the plot of every Tim absolutely. Allen movie. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but actually, in this one, he is... He is not as big of a dick as he normally is because I, I, I was watching it and I was thinking like, yeah, he's, he's kind of a dick as a dad, but like he still wants to be a good dad. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's that, yeah, there's a whole scene where like he's trying to cook dinner and he completely ruins it and then he ends up taking his kid to Denny's, uh, which it just, the whole time it just made me laugh. They're like sitting in Denny's on fucking Christmas Eve. <laughs> Been there. Uh, but yeah, so it, he, he's trying to be a good father. He just doesn't really know how. Um, and I think that's kind of what sells the story to begin with is that he's not just like some guy that hates his kid so he can yeah. go to work. It's like he genuinely likes his kid. He just doesn't know how to be a good father. I would like to point out one, one slight little caveat thing in this film. Mm -hmm. So obviously he got the job by murdering the previous Santa. Right. right? No, absolutely. And at the end of the film. The son says, I think I'm going to go into the family business. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, there's actually, there's a great moment where Tim Allen shows up to bring your dad to work or bring your dad to school day for like career day. And the kid, his son is trying to convince everybody that he's Santa Claus. And he tells him like, oh yeah, the real Santa fell off the roof. So now my dad's him. And some kid is like, so all I have to do is push you off the roof and then I can become Santa. <laughs> Basically. No, that's exactly what they're saying. And there's this great running gag where, like, they try to improve his sleigh and they try to improve his suit. And Tim Allen the whole time is just like, but what happens if I fall off the roof? <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, it's super funny. I, I legit was, like, laughing out loud. And there were moments where I was like, oh, this is, like, really heartfelt. Like, it's just a really good Christmas movie. Um, so I'm going to give it a blast. I had a great time watching it. Yeah. Not to get stuck on this Santa specifically the clause of the Santa Claus, uh, but did Tim Allen's character technically free the previous man trapped in that <laughs> occupation? <laughs> like, is that why he just disappeared? He was like, thank you. This curse is finally lifted. 
I drank so much yeah. bad Judy like, hot chocolate. Yeah, they they don't even actually show him <laughs> die. Like he just like ninja rolled out of the. It could have been anyone. It could have been just like oh, there's this draggly looking Frank. I never honestly never thought about how like being a Santa is actually a curse, <laughs> and that all you're doing is just waiting to die. I was an emperor. Like I had, I had land. I, I feel like. I feel like the Santa Claus from my movie might be that guy. <laughs> it might. It absolutely might. So, so my film goes back, uh, I think 10 years from yours, uh, almost nine years ago. It's in 85. Uh, it's called Santa Claus the movie. Now, the, I vaguely remembered seeing this movie as a kid. The thing I remembered most was that I got a Santa Claus the movie book, like a picture book, in a McDonald's Happy Meal. And upon a rewatch, it makes a lot of fucking sense because there is a McDonald's mm. that a little homeless child is watching people eat fucking McDonald's <laughs> through the window for an uncomfortable amount of time yeah. just to get that product placement in the movie. Um, this, uh, so this is, uh, it's from the people who made the Superman films, the original Supermans, the Salkins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one thing I did learn from watching this and the Superman films is they just love shit flying around for no reason like fake shit flying so you have like way too much of santa flying his sleigh uh there's a an elf played by dudley moore who creates a little flying car there's a lot of that flying around just for no reason um so what this movie is it starts off in some like time that you're you're they don't really specify and there's this jolly old guy and his wife and he makes toys and brings them to the local villages and it's a really nasty snowstorm out he has two reindeer i think i think donner and blitzen are his two reindeer i could be wrong about those two but they get caught in a snowstorm and pretty much die is what it looks like they freeze to death um there's a story about these people that are magic they come out and they're fucking elves they come out (laughs) and they're like you're, and they wake up, and then they're like, you're coming with us now. You live here. So basically, this movie's about kidnapping, first and foremost. So they kidnap these two. And they're like, no, we have a home there. They're like, no, you live here now. And they bring him in. And then there's the ceremony where he is knighted as Santa Claus. They're like, you're, there's a prophecy. You are the chosen one, Neo. And he becomes Santa Claus. <laughs> Neo Claus. Pretty, he, he puts up almost no fight. There's not really much explanation, but he's just like, sure, this might as well happen. And then they cut to like going through the centuries and showing him delivering toys and being Santa. And, uh, there's like jokes about the poem about the bowl full of jelly and he goes on a diet. <laughs> He's like, is that how people see me? And, uh, and then it gets to the eighties and Dudley Moore's elf wants to revolutionize the way they make toys and he wants to do like an assembly line. And one of the other elves is like, no, that's terrible. So they have a little competition. And the assembly line creates more toys, but they're kind of faulty, but Santa doesn't know that, so he gives him the job of his assistant. And then the toys go out, and they break, and somehow they get returned to the North Pole. Of course, return to sender. Yeah. And it's like, and Santa's like, we've never had returns before. It's like, first off, how did they return? They just, they show like when kids write letters to Santa, they magically just like get whisked away to the North Pole. And so the toys get dumped in the same slot that the mail comes through, broken. And so he he takes the job back and gives it to the other guy. And then Dudley Moore's like, Santa hates me. And he leaves the North Pole. And he goes to the city and he discovers John Lithgow, who is the most over-the-top evil toy maker I've ever seen. And it is brilliant. <laughs> and uh, and Dudley Moore just wants to impress Santa so that he'll 
take him back. Even though Santa never was like, you're a dick, go away. That never happened. But in Dudley Moore's head, he's like, he hates me. So he, uh, there's this magical crap they give the reindeers that allows them to fly. He makes lollipops out of that that allow kids to like hover. And it's this big thing. And uh, John Lithgow wants him to make it stronger so that kids can just fly. And he'll make all this money. They discover that the formula actually blows up when it gets too hot. Perfect. And so he's like, oh, this elf will take all the, the heat and we'll take all this money and go to Rio or whatever. And Santa discovers it. They go. They rescue him. Um, for whatever reason, the cops show up and try to arrest John Lithgow. And he eats a bunch of the candy canes to escape. And he just floats up into the sky. And the movie ends happy. Uh, there's also like a subplot with John Lithgow's niece and this homeless kid. They end up going with Santa to the North Pole. And the homeless kid, I understand. He's besties with Santa now. And he's like, I'm going to stay. And the little girl's like, can I stay too? And it's like, bitch, you got, you got a uncle. I mean, yeah, he's evil going to jail. But <laughs> the kid's like, yeah, just keep her here till next Christmas. And Santa's like, sure, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> what? You can't just drop her off a year later and be like, here you go. I know you don't have any family anymore, but good luck. But that's how the movie ends. And then, it, like, right over the credits, John Lithgow is, like, floating in space. Still, like, <laughs> why, why is he not dead? But it's, it's a weird fucking movie, but it actually does tug on all the right, uh, the appropriate, like, holiday feelings. Like, uh, you believe this dude is Santa Claus. And I honestly <laughs> think that come, like, the 90s, I think that's the dude that fell off the roof. And, uh, so our films are connected. Yeah, I yeah, think they no, are. I, love I absolutely it. I believe love it. that. I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> like Bernard murdered, uh, Patch, Dudley Moore's elf. Yeah. Took his place. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happened. Uh, yeah. He's ruthless enough. He's, he's a man. He's another guy who's just like weathered by being like the leader of the toy factory. And like it, when he meets Tim Allen for the first time, he's like, fuck, another Santa. Like he's just got that whole thing of like, now I got to explain the shit to somebody else. <laughs> Can we connect that out to Bernard becomes Mr. Universe in Serenity? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all that technology just got, like, taken he away. Just, he just built his own love bot? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, God, I want this to be real. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should make this fan fiction uh, happen in real life. Look, you see the el- the, the tech those elves have. Yeah, in, in oh, for zone. sure. I think it's completely rational. No, it makes sure. sense. Yeah. They've got their own like escape squad of like ninja elves that are like yeah. Santa's trap. Let's call in the guard. <laughs> and in my Santa Claus movie, they don't age. Yeah, no. Look, so, he even there's yeah. even a weird moment where like Tim Allen kind of hits on Judy. It's yeah, it's the weirdest '90s moment where G- Tim Allen is like, it's a, it's a child, obviously, and she sits down next to him and he's like, she's like, oh yeah, it took me 1,200 years to perfect this, and he goes, oh you look. You look good for your age. She straight up goes, sorry, I'm seeing somebody in rapping. Just yeah. so awkward. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, I'm giving it a blast. Nice. And it does a lot of, it addresses a lot of, like, the, the myths and stuff about yeah. Santa Claus, like his list. It, it's not until, like, the 1800s or something like that that there's a bad child that they hear about. Of course. And, and it's not even, and it's not even Santa like, Mrs. Claus is like, you shouldn't give him a toy. And he's like, every kid should get a toy, not the bad ones. Okay, fine. Make a list <laughs> of all the bad children and be careful because I'm going to check it twice. Ah, wow. So, Jeez. 
And they like address like he, when he's like, "You're gonna deliver toys to all the kids of the world." He's like, "How am I supposed to do that?" It is like, "Well, time stands still for you on the night that you go out until your job is done." Look, you got to explain it somehow, right? I mean, yeah, sure, whatever, <laughs> so. whatever. Mine, I don't even think addresses it. I think they're just like, "Yeah, the Rangers are fast. That's <laughs> yeah. they're just super fast. That's, that's pretty much all they give you." Also, I think like Donner's like squeamish in in, in this one. He's got like crazy eyes, and when yeah. he's flying, he's always like got air sickness or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> they keep trying to get him to do a loop, and he can't do it for whatever reason. But, yeah. Anyway, look. The point is, Christmas movies are weird. That's they are. That's the point. But they're fun, right? But they're fun. They but are fun. They're like a, enjoyable. Not, weird. They're not as fun as as Kung Fu Kangaroos. No, I look. I, I feel like we dropped the ball, and <laughs> we should. We all should have done more to hurt you. <laughs> But I feel like there could be a team up with these reindeer and these kangaroos somehow. I'm so yeah, so sold. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's uh, that's blast from the past. It's done. Good it's riddance. <laughs> yeah. Good riddance. Uh, no, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to doing this uh, this Marvel thing. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think that'll be fun. To... What's the first one on the list? If Captain you America. It, no, what? it's not in chronological it's, order. It's Iron Man. It, it's Iron Man. No, I thought we were doing it in chronological order. No, no, it's in the in order that they're released. released. Yeah. And oh, that's okay. what that's the order they're on that list yeah, okay. as well. So we'll go Iron Man and then the... Is it Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk? Yes. That's the name of it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what was it? And Thor, I think, after that. Is it Thor? No, it I, might think, be, I think... No, Captain it's Iron Man 2. It's Iron, it's Iron Man, Man 2. 2, then Captain America, the first Avenger. Wow, then really? Thor. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Iron Man Two was that fresh into the into the list. Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. was the Iron Man was their big money maker, so they were they were using yeah. that to double were, down. And, and it's else. it's yeah. so weird because it's really not until it's really not until Captain America: The First Avenger where you you kind of get that feel that like oh yeah they're they're gonna bring everybody together. It does yeah. it does feel like they're kind of hinting at a universe, but it's more of like a eh, if we get a budget we'll do this. Like right. it never it never feels real until. Honestly, until Thor. Once Thor shows up, it's like that movie feels like, hey guys, he's gonna be in the next movie, so here's his intro. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's how Thor always felt to me. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that it does go Iron Man one movie and then Iron Man. Wow. Um and actually we didn't so last week on the show we did talk about like the possibility of Disney. Mm-hmm. Buying 20th Century Fox, and apparently that that's now official. That's yep. official now. You guys so, like call that like you you saw it on the horizon. Like well, you were, like, we, variety. it was one of those where negotiations. Yeah, we I when it was first announced because it's been mm-hmm. all over the internet. I don't like to believe anything on there, so I was like, we'll wait, we'll wait. And then last week it was like, this is basically ink is on the paper; it's just not dry <laughs> yet. And we're like, all right, we'll finally talk about it. Yeah. And then like a couple days later, they were like, it's done. Yep. Like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's a thing now, and the uh, well, the president of Disney was like, "Relax, Deadpool can stay R." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I like that nobody gives a fuck about like the ten thousand jobs that are probably going to be lost because they can't merge them all into Disney Studios. Everyone is like, "Will Ryan Reynolds be able to cut?" <laughs> yeah. That's all we fucking care about. <laughs> and he's been he's been putting jabs at, at at the mouse, the House of Mouse, right now. He's yeah. coming out with all these like Photoshop pictures of him getting yep. escorted out of Disneyland. Yep. Yep. Yeah. As Deadpool. Yeah. Hilarious. It's, uh, it's, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, obviously it still has to go through, like, the FCC and all of that to, like, make sure it's not. Oh, we know they won't drop the ball <laughs> on anything. Yeah. There's, yeah. They don't give a fuck now. 
But, um, I don't even know why it has to go through them. They're just like, are you going to charge money on the internet? Fucking go for it. <laughs> but everyone's already heard uh, our thoughts on it. So, Omar, what are your what are your thoughts on Disney uh, becoming a monopoly? I uh, <laughs> owning the world. Uh, not surprised. <laughs> I I'm interested to. I I have no predictions whatsoever in terms of the films because I I I mean they seemed com- it the Spider Man being absorbed into the MCU was pretty comfortable mm-hmm. and that worked which surprised me. Um, if it's either going to be focused on I think like TV animation stuff which is like. Uh, okay, we'll see how that plays out. Um, or there's a chance that this is gonna, the, the fact that this was in, uh, limbo for so long, this deal, was because that after Infinity War, there's gonna be a huge shift, which is gonna be nuts! Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy! Yeah. It's yeah. crazy that that's like a possibility where they're just like, yeah, we close out the Avengers because we gotta have the freaking X-Men. And yeah. Like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I, th- I think you're right because, I mean, they've been, They've been very adamant in letting us know that, like, when Infinity War is done, everything that you know about yeah. this universe is like, that's it. This is Infinity War two. That second part is the last Jedi of the fucking Marvel universe. Like, we go into uncharted territory after this. What a weird time for Bendis hopped over to DC, right? Uh, a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. What a weird time for Bendis to hop over to DC. <laughs> like, this is the one time. Wait, like, this is like children of the Adam status. Like, we can do anything. And it's like, oh no, no, he's not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's gonna be a, a whole new thing, man. Yep. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm also confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of emotions. It's, it's a lot to, it's, like it's a lot to take in. I've hated the X-Men movies for so long that I, I, I want to be excited yeah. because Disney and Marvel have handled everything else so well mm-hmm. that, but I don't want to get too excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it does, it does have a very like, it has a very The Force Awakens feel where you're just like, yeah, we're, we trust you, but not yet. You like, have to roll pretty high. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> let's see what you actually put out before yeah. we sign up. <laughs> That's why I think they should start with a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, if there's... you're gonna start with anything, do a do a hard reboot of Fantastic Four. I don't Four. know though, because yeah. that's the thing. Like, even though the X Men have been like up and then down and then up and then down, yeah. at least there has been some success there. Whereas, this exactly. Last, so the bar the bar set very low for yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah, but it's it's so low that people <laughs> might just not be willing to go. Yeah, and, see and it, 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 you know it, I mean? look, that's gonna be a hard sell even for me because I, I look, I think if anybody's gonna do it right, it's gonna be Marvel Disney. But at the same time. It's been done so poorly that it's almost like, yeah, just, just let it, let it stay oh, dead. Although, think of all the, uh, the nerd boners, the noners, right? The noners. Uh, yeah. For, uh, Thing versus the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, see, and that, that can happen. I and that versus Korg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, my gosh. Hey, hey, Rock man. Bros. Hey, man. <laughs> Want to get in on this, uh, this- we're gonna go fight this road. You, you wanna come? You wanna come? Just think, they think they're related or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I would totally watch Thing and Korg take on the universe. I would absolutely watch that buddy cop film. A rock bros film would change my life. That would be <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's in it for no reason. <laughs> But but as Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's take our next commercial break. And then uh, when we come back, we are going to talk all about you, sir. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Your hopes, your dreams, your uh, your problem with drugs. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yep. If I that's can't a thing, wait to open up. <laughs> everything, everything on Behind the Music. Uh, <laughs> so if you wish to join the conversation, give us a call at 909-360-8330 or message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash check. What is it? Just like the I'm sorry, you just derailed what I was saying <laughs> by playing some Bing Crosby in the background. <laughs> he's uh, he's one of my bromances, I gotta be honest he with you. He is dreaming. He is, yep. yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Listen to bells in the snow. BS just won't do. ChaoticRadio.com You're listening to the Deadpool Show, starring me, Deadpool. What? What do you mean that's not on the cards? Oh, all right. You're listening to the Jack of All Nerds on Chaotic Radio. <laughs> Chaotic. I'm going to go get some pancakes. Welcome back to the Jack of All Nerds on Chaotic Radio. Tonight we have Omar Najam from the Sunnydale Study Group Podcast and Hyper RPG in the studio. Hello. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. <laughs> Welcome back to Masterpiece Theater. Tonight <laughs> you're talking with filmmaker. Omar John. <laughs> Please tell us, your, tell us your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams for humanity. Thank you, Alan Cummings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I loved you and Disney Pussycats. Uh, <laughs> um, so no, we wanna, we wanna talk about you and, and everything that you do. All of it. All oh, the stuff. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. So what do you wanna share first? Uh, let's, uh, let's hop into the Sunnydale City Group stuff, I let's guess. Let's do it. Um, I am a huge Buffy fan, huge, huge Buffy fan. And so my buddy Chris and I were chatting one day and we're like, let's just rewatch it. Um, and this is before, or maybe as like the drums of like rewatch culture was becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. It was still like the early, uh, years of like binge watching, (laughs) like binge had just become acceptable. Um, and not having to like make media out of your binge watching. And so we were like, let's turn it into a podcast and talk about it and it's been running for about two years now mm-hmm. it's just a blast uh it sometimes gets very emotional <laughs> because it's just this episode's about loneliness and we're like all right well i guess that's what we're talking about today <laughs> <laughs> does it feel a little like therapeutic at times that's exactly what it is yeah. it's just like once a week we just like bleed out feelings <laughs> like <that's, laughs> and try to work and what's funny is like the first two years of, we we're in season four right now and so there's like that transition, like the Oz stuff just happened. Um, and so, but the first three years we were like, yeah, this is like an important thing in people's lives, like per episode where it's like, this is about like parental issues or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's still like, and then there's a witch that's doing fun stuff. And Gi- the way you solve it is Giles like makes a, uses the chemistry set to make a spell. Uh, and now we're getting to those years where it's like, and this is about paying your bills. <laughs> and you can't fight it, and it'll forever be hard. And so we're like not ready to like breach that subject matter. 
<laughs> like, this is episodes about anxiety. How do you solve it? You can take medication, but it's with you. <laughs> okay. It, it is one of those shows where it, even though like the subject matter overall is, is kind of dark, mm-hmm. it does start off fairly light. Yeah. And then as you get to the, the end of the series, like it is so adult and grown up and dark. Like it's just a stark difference. It's a frightening thing when something tries to be dark. And then eventually stops trying and is. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Like with Buffy, it's like in the first season, there's like a villain, uh, 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 a dummy episode, uh, in talent show. And it's the ending of that is oddly dark because it's like, I've been this detective trapped in this dummy's body and everyone's kind of sad about it. And you're like, Oh yeah, it's still a dummy. And then later they're like, Yeah, we don't really have to try to write into, like, we don't have to write sad stuff. Buffy's life is just really tough. And <laughs> Go back to the dummy. Like, just to force it in. I would rather you just, <laughs> you just really try. Um, so yeah, so we're doing that. And then, um, Chris and I are also part of another project we just, uh, kicked off. And you guys actually might be some of the first to know about it. Ooh. Um, exclusive. Hey, this is a DJ K ex- Slang. Yeah, this is a very exclusive little sneak preview here. Uh, but with our friends Kelly Nuji and, uh, Mia Rosella, we have a role play improvised sort of comedic fantasy story, uh, that we'll be releasing starting January 4th. Awesome. It's going to be on a weekly basis. Is that, is that, uh, is there something like already set up where people can go on the release date to check it out? There, I don't want to say too much because it might move around a little bit. Okay. So I don't have any promises, but keep an eye out for thank you for questing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you, and if you, uh, once that's released, definitely send the information. Oh, great. I'll, d- I'll do that. That actually makes a lot more, that's a lot. Sure. That makes more sense. <laughs> Instead of us trying to like dance around it right now. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. And so that's kind of the stuff. Um, uh, it's just, it's such an interesting time to make things. Um, cause I'm such an, like my dream was to make like one mall rats esque movie in my life. <laughs> I was like, if I can do Good that girl. before Good. I die. I've done it. <laughs> like, that's it. And now it's like this world of podcasting and streaming, and you can play video games 24-7, and people can watch, and it's so nuts to me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like such an like such an old dude. What do you think about this stuff? <laughs> it's like, I, I used to have to go to a store to rent movies, guys. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. The comfort of your own couch. You don't have to move. Do you, uh, so I mean, I, it says that you're a filmmaker on mm-hmm. there. Have you, have you reached your goal of making your... I haven't Mall made a Mallrats yet. I I have I still have such a old school dream of like making a movie uh in and or about my town. Like a very hot fuzz Edgar Wright sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um so I haven't done a feature yet, but I've just been cranking out some shorts for the last few years, which has been really fun. It's also great because you're just like, let's get a crew together for a weekend and shoot something. Yeah. And everyone seems pretty happy at the end because they've got something else they have to rush off and do. What is your background in, in filmmaking? Do you, are, you know, directing? Yeah, I'm a director guy. Uh, cause I really like working with actors. I, I don't know why I hesitated really? on have that. You, have you met them? <laughs> no, I as, know he's full of shit. As an, as an actor, I'm a total tool. I get, you know what I mean? Like, we're jerks. The way of explaining. Even as a director, he's a total tool. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that's just true for me too. So I guess I just get away with it more being a director. I think that's the secret. Uh, the, I was telling someone the other day where I was like, I, I'm better at socializing when I'm directing because I don't have to talk directly to a person. It's 
to a character that has limits. <laughs> Whereas, like, when I'm talking to a person at a certain point, I'm like, well, we probably talked enough. I should go. And they're like, well, that was rude. They're like, oh, God, I didn't. Okay, I should. I'm sorry. Let's keep talking. Oh, you don't want to anymore? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> but when you're on set and you're directing, it's like, let's talk about our feelings. But they're not really your feelings. You're a Jedi. And you're the last Jedi, and you have to figure out this stuff. And instead of being like, you got magical powers, and, you got magical and I need powers. you to search your feelings and really bring that out. And of like you. you're losing them, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, whereas, like, instead of like actually talking to like, like Mark Hamill, just being like, "How's life going?" Like, oh, it's I don't know, it's pretty crazy. Like, well, I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just lost my best friend. Oh, cool. Uh, please, just be old man Luke. All right, smokes. Let's yeah. roll, <laughs> you have one motivation. That's all I can deal with. I'm giving you one. So what I need you to do is channel that yeah. into this scene, but I need you to be real happy here. So work <laughs> so it out. Do that. Uh, and what's so interesting about um, GMing and DMing? Um, uh, well, that was a very you're, pretentious. And if, you're, and if you're not familiar with the terminology, it stands for <laughs> game mastering or dungeon mastering, which are the same thing. Essentially. They're the same thing. But someone I, I thought he meant just sliding into DMs. I, I and if you're ask. just sliding into someone's DMs, here's a little trick: <laughs> <laughs> compliment sandwich. <laughs> it's that's such an interesting form of directing in a way too, because you're trying to get people to do something, but you can't tell them just to do it because mm-hmm. that's not the fun part. Yeah. yeah. So you're tricking people. Although a lot of DMs will. <laughs> like, well, we want to go this way. Well, you can't. <laughs> yeah. well, well, in our game, your character's mute because <laughs> you're the DM. That's true. Yeah. We call that Lucasing, I believe. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, like, wait, if I, when I DM, like, I, I have like a loose skeleton of the story and then I'm just like, they're gonna want to do shit that I didn't plan for, so fuck it. Let's just let's just see where it goes. The no, you, you yeah. do, he does a good job. You know, like, he does a really being, good job as being somebody who's like that. He 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 does a good job and just kind of it doesn't matter what decision it is that you're gonna make. He he's always like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter whether it's the right one, wrong one. It's just always like, you sure that's what oh, you want to do? And good. then and then everybody's just like. Oh shit, what do we do? <laughs> what did we miss? Oh, that's, cause, oh, cause I would say most, if not all that I've interacted with of DMs are like, when you're on the track, they're like, great. I'm like, do we, we're gonna go for the orb. Good. Of course you should. Yeah, no. no it's gonna no. make my life easier. Yeah. No, this guy's constantly having a No, Mike is always, even if the best decision is to go down into the cave uh, yeah. and discover something, he's always like, well, if that's what you guys want to do, oh, God, it's yes. so good. So then we're it causes always dissension confused. amongst our group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every step that we take, Look, we're always reevaluating. It doesn't always work. It doesn't always work out for the best because then there is like an hour of like, well, maybe we should, <laughs> maybe we should go this way. Or right, like, let's just backpedal just, just a little bit. Let's check for glyphs all the time. Yeah. 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 We, we do though. We're always like, okay, uh, you, you go check for traps. You, you go sense for magic. Yeah. You. Our, 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 just punches things. Everybody, everybody split up. No, wait, that's what he wants us to do. Hold on. Come back. Come back. That's incredible. What yeah. incredible. Our games are really fun. Yeah. We, we, we have had a good time. We just need yeah. to do them more. Yeah, we don't get to play very often, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about us. No. Omar. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit more about me. I want to hear more about your guys' campaigns. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> They're violent. <laughs> so, uh, well, obviously, you're into gaming. Mm-hmm. So, how did that happen? Um, in terms of like tabletop stuff, I, I mean, 
we, my folks are, this is an interesting way of, uh, enveloping biographical information into your answer. Um, <laughs> he asked for your hopes and dreams, so let's get yeah. deep. <laughs> um, uh, so my folks are British and they came to the United States. I love them already. I, I, I knew, I knew from the minute you showed up, I was like, I think this guy's gonna be, I think he's gonna fit right in. <laughs> Uh, and he does. He does. That passed the one test. That, that, that is, no, that's that the one test. Stamped. Yes. Welcome. You, you will learn very quickly that that is all we ever want to be. So. <laughs> there's like a funny thing where it's like being nerdy. There's like a Venn diagram and they almost are just the same circle where it's like being nerdy and being very British. Uh, like being American nerdy and being very British have such a crossover <laughs> where it's like, did you, what, did you watch Monty Python growing up? Oh yeah, for sure. Is it because you're a geek or is it because your parents are British? <laughs> <laughs> um oh, so, so they great. love america so much and so any holiday we had um they were like great we're driving to death valley and then as kids uh i've got two younger brothers we were like we would love to just hang around the house and do nothing <laughs> like we had like we would love to have the most nihilistic christmas possible and my folks were like no we live in america we're going to New Mexico. Like we're go- we're gonna drive as far as the car will take us, uh, on this amazing giant land. And it's stuff where like because it's like not wet like uh greenery mm-hmm. everywhere for us here in California. That like when they're just, like we can go to the desert. Do you get it? As and we didn't. And they're like, <laughs> don't you get it? We can go somewhere where we can die of dehydration. <laughs> That's amazing. And they were like, lo- like they I just were- love the idea that they're excited for I that. Know, yeah. I love it. I, just, I can just, I can just see the British sensibilities. Just, I, it's, oh, God, it's so good. We can go to a volcano. And I was like, uh. Do you realize that we can die of dehydration? You realize that? That's a real thing that people suffer with. Yeah. All the time. We, we used to watch it and now we can do it. Now we can do it. Like we read about it. We read about it and now we can do it. Ah, the American dream. Oh. And I, so I, this conversation <laughs> just instantly got more fun for me. I love this so much. <laughs> and so we would just like rent out these like cabins or whatever. Cause it wasn't even like the American RV, like hotel hopping thing. It was like, let's go to a cabin and not plan anything. Um, <laughs> let's not bring any food or exactly. water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we read two Jack London books in our lives and so we're going to do this. <laughs> we're well equipped. <laughs> And so we... Omar, go find your white paint. Go, go! <laughs> Here's a stick that looks like a wishbone. Find water. Uh, <laughs> best of luck. Oh, uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to say... I'll share this because I love you guys. Uh, and this has been so much fun. I was almost kidnapped once at a truck stop. Because, Are you serious? Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was, I was almost kidnapped or this dude was like a herpetologist. Because... <laughs> He just turned to me and was, uh, or like I was standing around, you know, doing something, uh, probably taking pictures because I was like the precocious, annoying, like American beauty, like film kid growing up. Uh, and he was like, you want to go see some snake eggs? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I started walking off with a stranger into the desert. <laughs> from a distance, I heard my mom scream so many obscenities. And just, like, grabbed me and just, like, pelican, like, scooped me up and flew away. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think Snake Eggs was code for balls. <laughs> yeah, it, that sounds like a really, like, he didn't even, like, hey, do you want to go see some Snake Eggs? I've got candy. Like, yeah, just, no. There was no addendum to it. Just <laughs> And he, uh, I mean, and 
not a great person, probably kidnapper, but uh, <laughs> a real roll of the dice, right? Because like it could have been to any other kid, hey, you want to go uh, see some snake eggs? And they could be like, I have a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't care less about the natural world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we would go out to cabins and we would just play board games because um, we would just like take some th- with us and so it wouldn't be a thing where it's like let's burn through a few it would be like we brought two so we have to play every possible combination of clue because that's all we have uh, and that was the kind of like the- and so we would just like get really into the characters and the acting of it mm-hmm. and I uh I I'm so happy that it's like back and it's a big thing and I know so many people who are doing it. Yeah. Where it's not an unusual thing to like make a modifier joke in public now and people will like pick up on it. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing to me. That's it's, incredible. I also think role playing games, uh, tabletop role playing games, have have changed in a way that they're more accessible in the way that the information is presented. Yes. Because I started playing on advanced second edition Dungeons <laughs> Dragons. Oh my gosh. Okay. And if you tried to explain. Thacko to anybody else to try to get them to play the game. They were just like, I don't want a fucking math class, okay? What is this that you're doing? Yep. You yeah. know, whereas now everything's just so much easier. You just, oh, you just roll this uh, this die here, this 20, and everything else is sorted for me? Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, because I like to explain it that it's like uh, a role-playing game is like acting. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're getting to act, but you get to kind of make up the script. And the game master is the director and yep. they're you know kind of helping you through the story and and you explain it that way people are like oh okay yeah. and then they get excited and want to do it yeah. um yeah but it's it's so much easier now yeah, yeah. it really I, I i was talking a few days ago about how i feel so bad for the hardcore like like fourth edition D guys because they're like these are the classes these are the races we're living in this Tolkien-esque mm-hmm. fantasy renaissance world. And then it got to now where everyone's like, I mean, if we want to put like Totoro in it, we can do it. And like, <laughs> I can't imagine being so upset. Like, no, we, no, you can't have, you can't be a bard with a Totoro. There are rules to this universe and you're breaking them. You're shattering them <laughs> by slamming Miyazaki characters into this. I can't do, I wanted to just shoot arrows at skeletons because I know that they can, like, piercing damage won't do anything. Like, I know that. Like, I'm, this is my universe. Well, and there's also too, like, they have had to, they had to go through so much shit because, like, <laughs> like they loved something that nobody understood. Yep. Like nobody got it, and I, like, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who didn't even grasp how much fun they could be until just I, recently. Last, like, I, it was last Christmas. I've got this guy finally to yeah. try oh, playing. Yeah, because for all the nerd things that I have, like, I still latched on to this stigma that, like, the last straw is tabletop that's games. It, like, yeah. that's that's where you draw the line. That's where nerds get too. You know, that's where it gets too far. And then he finally broke me and we started playing and I was like, why didn't, why haven't I been doing this yep. all my life? Like, what the fuck was my problem? But there are people who grew up in that generation before, like, you could make those jokes and you were the joke and they had to like, <laughs> they had to be steadfast and be like, you yep. don't fucking understand. One day this is going to be everything. And then like last from the past, like the door opens and they step <laughs> out. It's like the dad and he's just like completely baffled at the universe around. <laughs> well, there's still people like you said that are, are sticklers for the old ways. And like even me as a DM, I will, I'll take a monster and I'll tweak it to mm-hmm. my own needs if it fits my story. And then you'll have people that will, that will ask you those questions. They'll be like, um, 
uh, which which monster is that? Which which monster manual is that from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's not. I made it up. They're like, well, you can't. Like the rules. You're like, I'm the god. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so, this is my fucking movie. <laughs> I was like, was it an intriguing battle? Well, yes, but then shut up. <laughs> it's like an improviser stopping halfway through a scene. Like, quick, hold on. I'm sorry. Really quickly. <laughs> hold on. Time out. Did you just recommend a birdhouse? Did you? Why because, are we in a library? <laughs> yeah. I, can we establish like what, like which country we're in? Because I'm planning on leaving in a little bit, and then I'm going to come back with someone. So time out. So you're my mom now. I'm very confused. I. <laughs> there are rules to this universe. <laughs> I think you understand how improv works. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a fucking game we're playing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's been incredible to be um involved in like media storytelling stuff right now because I feel like everyone with like, you know, cameras on their phones and stuff and uh and the fact that the internet is so much more accessible now to watch like role play shows and stuff. For now. For now. Uh until so we're watching Verizon's D and D. This is our break from the world. I don't want to get too much into it. This is the T Mobile D and D halftime show. <laughs> yeah. Owned by Fox. It's owned by Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just keeps trickling up yeah. until and it's like all owned by like a hair gel company. Like they're like <laughs> Brought to you by Depp. But it's so it's so incredible to see how many people are doing things now, and how many people feel like. And we still have a lot of issues to deal with where people are like, "Well, I can't like make a movie for any specific reason." You're like, "It's you you don't. It nothing has to be good if you have fun doing it." Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I think we're like inching towards, which is amazing. Because, like, being in the, like, in the 90s when it's like, you want to make a movie, you still have to get, like, a film camera and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do all this stuff. Right. And now people can shoot stuff on their phones. Uh, and it's, I'm starting to see so many people around who are like, let's just do it. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's, and there's, I mean, it's, you're right. It's incredible that we live in a time where, like, if somebody has an idea and they're like, oh, I wish I could do this, it, somebody else can be like, okay, well then, Let's just do it. Like, yeah, yeah. I've got an iPhone. We, let's just go, whatever it is you're trying to do, let, we can go create it. And then it's instantly accessible to everybody. And it, it does kind of have this oversaturation of things where like yeah. everybody <laughs> can do everything. But at the same time, like as much as technology, I feel like has a, has a, a double edged sword where it does kind of stifle creativity because yeah. you have this ability to just instantly access everything and you don't really need to do anything for yourself. It also lends itself to massive amounts of creativity where people who otherwise couldn't have gotten out what they want to get out, they can just do it. They don't need a producer. They don't need an audition. They don't need anything. They can just sit in their living room and create something. And like you said, it doesn't have to be good, but like it's there. They got it. They're done. They're, they've done what they wanted to do. Well, yeah, you, at the end of the day, you can say, I made that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, my advice for every stuff when I get to pop back to my old, um, film school and, my advice any someone's like, I really want to make a movie, what should I do? It's like, oh, literally just do it. And <laughs> and I know that sounds like and the the advice is like people are like, you know, make a script and just do it and just drive. I was like, No, no, no. If you want to make a movie and you're worried that it'll be bad, just crack that egg right now. Like go home, grab a camera, yep. and just shoot like two hours of footage and edit it together and be like, I'm not showing anyone this. Yeah. No matter what it is of just like the bicycle thief. And it's you just walking with a bicycle, there's no theft involved, doesn't matter. <laughs> like <laughs> 
you made the movie and you did it. Like you know, yeah. you're an official movie yeah. maker. That was, was a very specific reference, Omar. You wanna someone wants to share with us? You wanna you wanna share with us the bicycle thief that oh, you boy. made? It's uh, <laughs> technically can gets first looks, but <laughs> but I'll share with you <laughs> my Andy Warhol experiment. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, you're absolutely right. And any advice I've ever heard, like, cause I, cause I do stand up also. And, and I, a common question that you ask a lot of people that have already like mm-hmm. done stuff and they've written and they've been in shows and like, you know, they're, they're, you know, famous in, in a way that I haven't talked to any person where I've been like, so what's your advice? Every single one of them was like, just fucking do it, man. Yeah. Like every single person was like, yeah, if you want to do, st- just, yeah, just do stand up. I don't know. What other advice do you want? Just get on stage. Like, and then you're like, yeah, but how do you get into writing? You fucking write. That's what you do. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no secret. You just, yeah. you write and then you make it happen. You, no, just, and, there's no. And you're right. I mean, that's I, like, I, you know, cause I'm, I'm a playwright and yeah. that's, it's the same thing. Like, sure. I took creative writing in college, but I was writing well before then. And you, right. you, you just have right. to do it. If you love, if it's something you love doing, just do it. Yeah. And you will get good at it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're not talented, but then, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, you still have to try. Sure, you know what and, I mean. And it, it just, might not go anywhere. Nothing no. might, nothing might come of it. Yeah. Like, but you still did it. You still get to say yeah. that you did yeah. it. And then you know, one of the other things they give you is like, you do it, and then somebody does come to you, and they're mm-hmm. like, hey. We think you're, you know, you're pretty funny. Have you ever thought about writing? And you're like, oh, you mean like this television show I've been writing Ba-boom. for three years? Instead <laughs> of just like, oh yeah, I've always thought about writing. It's yep. like, no, you, you did write and now you might actually be in a writer's room because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you can't let fear get in. The yeah. Room. Right. You can't let it stop you because if you never put anything out there, then it will never be discovered. Right. You know, so it's an interesting, I think the, uh, the thing that I wish I had heard from you guys at some point, uh, cause you, you say it so well, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, is like at, if you love it and you love doing it, there are other people around you, a lot of people, I'd say probably most for anything you're doing that don't, but think they do. And two years down the road, they're like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I just don't really like it. And of course there's like financial, uh, privileges and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, overshadow uh, people who get certain opportunities versus others. But at the same time, it's like, if you're a writer and you're like, it's been taking me a while and I see other people doing it, it's like, yeah, but a lot of people are going to drop out. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Even if you're like an okay writer, that's, in our world, that's good enough. Like, that's, <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. If you're like, I'm, I'll only be pretty okay at something. Yeah. That's still great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just keep doing it. And then the other people yeah. are like, even if they're amazing at it and they're like, I'm the best writer you've ever seen your entire life. I'm Jonathan Nolan. But I'm not super into it. There yeah. be gone. No, one hundred percent. And that's uh, it's like that for for everything. It's look, yeah, yeah. You just it's it's the people that keep doing it. Yeah. That actually that are doing it. That do it. That <laughs> are actually doing, doing it. it. Are the ones it's, doing it. It doesn't matter whether you're like amazing or kind of okay or even shitty. To be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. like, look, there's a ro- there's a lot of really shitty famous comics. Like, <laughs> let's just be honest. Like, it's not talent is not really where it comes from. But these people have just. They just kept doing it. Yeah. Like, no matter what, no matter what happened, no matter how many times they got rejected, no matter how, like, they just, yeah. they didn't stop. And exactly. then these great guys are like, I can't do the grind anymore. I'm out. Yep. Uh, like, that happens all the time. I just, that happens I just all the time. Of, uh, Tommy Wiseau, uh, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of Uwe Boll. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that guy still gets to make movies. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. He's just like, people criticize me. He's like, well, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> she's got that fucking Kanye confidence. Yeah. My movies are the greatest thing. Fuck everybody. 
Well, I mean, maybe they are to him, and if that's what he goes out to make, then more power. Yeah, look, well, dude. At the end of the day, that guy gets to do what he wants to yeah, do. Yeah, and, and, and you know? even more so, he gets to make exactly the movie that he wants to make. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, no one is commenting on how to make a Hugh Bull film. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. just, he has complete and utter control. No one's like, you missed the mark. Like, no, you got it. I just don't quite get. <laughs> there's, there's no studio head that's like, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple notes. <laughs> You're, you're going outside the genre a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> so any other, any other passions that you'd uh, like to talk about? Ooh, uh, I started collecting records. Uh, okay, I'm say, I said, well, like, but hang on, like vinyl or like criminal records or medical records. Yeah, medical records. Medical I mean. records. DMV uh, records. <laughs> yeah. So records are you collecting? Social Security's next. Let me just say, firewalls, permeable. <laughs> <laughs> Not even semi, just totally yeah, yeah. permeable. It's like, it's a, it's a tunnel. Like, it technically gets a wall, but you can wander right in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I started uh, collecting vinyl records. Uh, recently, I'm saying collect. I'm not. I don't have a lot of money, so I have <laughs> like, like a portion of a shelf. But uh, it's brought me back into my interest in music, which I didn't realize like I had sort of lost. Which is an interesting thing I'm kind of going through right now, where I think it's like also just physically holding music is like a really cool thing. Because mm-hmm. I used to go to like Tower Records and stuff yeah. back in the day. It was like I I babysat for two months. I've got eighteen bucks. I can finally afford a Green Day record you know like that's how, yeah, that was no, where my thought was. Yeah. that's how uh it was before you could stream everything and i'm i'm kind of like back into that now yeah. where i like it where i'm just like i want to like save up or like aspire to get like an album mm-hmm. yeah. and then have it and that's how i'll listen to it yeah and i'll be like i got it <laughs> it makes it for me it's now that like music is way more accessible as mm-hmm. far as that you can yeah i can just download that immediately but back when i used to buy cds I actually listened to more music. Now, yeah, right. I just listen to the music that I already own. I right. don't actually yeah. go yeah. out and experience in anything new. Yeah. Well, um, and I and I I'm actually one of those steadfast people, and I mean, you could call it nostalgia, you can call it old man syndrome, whatever you want to call it. But like, I'm I'm one of those people where if if it is an artist that I I genuinely love, and it's somebody that you know I I loved them when it was buying buying CDs was the thing that you do. <clears throat> regardless of whether or not I can get it on Spotify, I will actually go out and buy the album just to own it. Like, yep. I'll probably still listen to it on Spotify, but there's something really gratifying about going to a store and just saying, like, I'm going to support this artist specifically by grabbing their CD and purchasing their music. Um, and I, like, I still, look, I am not above Spotify. I will Google home the shit out of <laughs> everything. I have no problem doing that. Um, and most music, I just listen to music that I can already own. But when it is an artist that I genuinely love, I will go out of my way to own their music, like, yeah. to physically own it. I, I, I think there's something gratifying in that. It's a great feeling because, like, if it's like the radio or you're streaming through the internet, uh, music, you're like, I hope there's money getting to these people. <laughs> I have to believe that capitalism, like, trickle, trickle out, like, I assume works. Like, I assume. <laughs> But then there's like these certain artists, like I'm a huge Tegan and Sarah fan. Yeah. And like anytime their album comes out, I'm like, no, day one, I'm buying. Like I want that. Yeah, I no, want, absolutely. give me like, hi, Amoeba, here's my money. <laughs> I don't want you to have it. I want you to go give it to, walk to Canada yeah. and go give it to them. And then you have that. And anytime you have it, you're just like, I did it. Yeah. I did the thing. <laughs> the yep. 
told them I like I I want them to eat <laughs> and keep doing this. Whereas like my problem with like radio stuff is not even like uh oh it's inconvenient or I just get anxious every so often. I'm just like, but is are they getting it? Like are they doing it yeah. right? <laughs> no, and it's look, it's it's fucking hard to be even it's hard to even be a successful music artist these yeah. days. Is it, like, is it ironic that there should be a commercial with a Sarah McLaughlin song playing? <laughs> yeah. To get these artists their their money? Is that is, look, is that look, weird? Let's let's Sarah not. Sarah McLaughlin needs to. The piano starts up. Someone talking there. about how you can feed Hi. Sarah McLaughlin. She's just Sarah sitting McLaughlin. there on, on the curb playing her guitar. Oh, the most meta commercial ever. I love it. Oh my god. I'm Sarah McLaughlin, and I need to eat tonight. You might recognize me, and if you do, I. Hi. <laughs> Ironically, it's me. actually a dog just barking the message. <laughs> we got to pay it back for all the help she's given our community. Oh my, I want this to happen oh so God. bad. Oh, I want it to happen so bad. I love it. I don't even care what I was going to say. That is amazing. I need, I need that in my life. Oh. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a this lot of fun. Blast. So I, I had a, a little special that we have to wrap a little bit early tonight because I think there's a show going on after us because uh, they're king everything through to midnight here for their their big Christmas party at uh, Chaotic. But uh, I had a little little surprise planned. It's actually a surprise for you. Oh. Uh, but I'm giving it to the world. <laughs> I was so surprised. It's, it's herpes, everybody. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> I fucking knew it. I knew. I knew those candy canes. If you heard it, you got knew it. it. It's <laughs> audible, audible SEI. Gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so I, uh, I found something at Four Color Fantasies, and the moment I saw it, I was like, Derek must own this. Mm. But it is something that I, I have to share on the show. I yeah. have to read this to everybody. Okay. It is the most Christmassy thing I could think of in book format. Yeah. And it is a diehard Christmas. Oh, oh my God. Perfect. Please tell me that the words yippee motherfucker are in this I'm gonna, book. I'm going I'm <laughs> to read you the back. Uh, it says, Die Hard may be the greatest Christmas movie of all time, and now you can enjoy the timeless tale in this whimsical storybook for adults. Join John McClane, Hans Gruber, Sergeant Powell, and all of your favorites in this delightfully illustrated tale of high-rise adventure and holiday spirit. This is can, the great. Can, can you read I, it? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna read it yes. on, on the air right now, and it's so it's very Wait, similar. Uh, so it's kind of a parody of the a Night Before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh hang my on. God, we still my heart. Set this up. Hang oh, on. We are, we're ooh, ooh. You gonna, you gonna have Ode to Joy in the background? No, was the Night Before Christmas? Okay. Play. Uh, all right. Hang on. It's and it's lengthy. It's good though. Yeah, I, I am. Good. I you can't. I can't even describe to you how fucking excited <laughs> I am right now. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I knew you had to have it. So uh, no, this is this is amazing. So this is this is yours to take uh, home afterwards. Oh my god! Oh, Merry, I'm so excited. Merry Christmas. Uh, are we are we are we there? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm I'm ready. I'm so ready. Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower. Everyone was partying except one wallflower. <laughs> John McClane missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. <laughs> A truck had pulled up, and who should disembark but 14 men whose intentions were dark. Oh my god! Oh, this is so good. They spoke not a word and unloaded big crates. They cut the phone lines and locked all the gates. Carl swept the ground floor, shooting every guard dead, while visions of bear bombs danced in his head. 
Derek's broken. He's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Oh, God, this is so good. John took off his shoes, making fists with his toes. It actually worked. Well, what do you know? (laughs) When out in the lobby there arose such a clatter, he sprung to the door to see what was the matter. When what to his wondering eye should appear? Holy crap, there are terrorists here. (laughs) John hid under a table where no one could see and watched Hans question Mr. Takagi. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the codes to open the vault door. I don't know the codes, so go ahead and shoot. Okay, said Hans Gruber, and ruined Takagi's suit. (laughs) John tried to call the cops by pulling an alarm, but instead called the bad guys who tried to cause him harm. But John killed Tony, who had very small feet, and sent him to the terrorists as a yuletide treat. He put a Santa hat on the German, and eyes all aglow, wrote... Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Slow clap for that one. That was well done. Carl was furious. Tony was his brother. He chased John across the roof, and they shot at each other. (laughs) John was able to escape through the ventilation shafts. Come out to the coast, he sighed. We'll have a few laughs. (laughs) At Nakatomi Tower, Sergeant Powell appeared. He checked the whole lobby, but saw nothing weird. He was pulling away, but didn't get far before Marco landed on the hood of his car. (laughs) Yes. Pal drove away backwards, screaming in fright. Welcome to the party, pal! John yelled with delight. (laughs) More police arrived, the FBI and a SWAT team, but Hans didn't mind. It was all part of his scheme. More rapid than eagles, his henchmen, they came. And he radioed and shouted and called them by name. Now Eddie, now James, now Franco, now Yuli. On Fritz and on Carl, hair long and unruly. They shot the SWAT tank with a surface-to-air missile and knocked it away like a down of thistle. And now John McClain was angry indeed. He blew up two terrorists and called them jerkweed. Ellis told Hans, Bubby, I'm your white knight. Hans shot him dead, giving the hostages a fright. Hans went to go check on the explosive's fuse and saw that poor John wasn't wearing any shoes. John fled from Carl and Hans, but alas, he had to run barefoot over sharp broken glass. His feet, how they hurt, his soles oh so bloody, John crawled to the bathroom and called his good buddy. John was weary and ready to throw in the towel until he got a pep talk from Sergeant Al Powell. Powell was chubby and plump, a right jolly old cop. He he trusted the cowboy in the tattered tank top. But a reporter was probing into McLean's life and revealed that Holly was actually John's wife. Hans quickly flipped over the gold picture frame. It is a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. McLean. This is so brilliant. Everything about this is amazing. His clothes all tarnished with ashes and soot, John staggered to the roof, bloody and barefoot. The explosives were wired to the rooftop with care, in hopes that hostages soon would be there. (laughs) Perfect. John warned everyone the roof would soon blow, as the choppers strafed him with high-powered ammo. Around his waist, he tied a fire hose tight, and screaming an oath, jumped into the night. (laughs) He dangled in the air and gritted his teeth, while flames encircled the tower like a wreath. Fiercely fighting his way back inside, John yelled, Hans! He was done trying to hide. 
He limped to the vault like an old man on crutches, only to find Holly in his filthy clutches. John dropped his gun and put his hands on his head. It seemed he and Holly soon would be dead. But with a secret gun taped to his back, John shot Hans in a surprise attack. Hans fell out the window, still holding Holly's arm, and slowly, deliberately raised his forearm. <laughs> the tenacious villain held on by his nails till John unhooked Holly's watch and said, Happy trails! <laughs> Bare bonds fluttered like fresh-fallen snow as Holly embraced her blood-spattered bow. So Merry Christmas to all, and be kind to one another, and most of all, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! Yes! And that's a diehard Christmas, everybody. God damn it, that's so good. That, that was so incredible. Somebody, oh. somebody put the thought into this, <laughs> and that just makes me so happy. That's we, the, uh, we, must, we must get Doogie Horner on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that is the writer of this book, and I need to meet this man. Well, I think this should be our new tradition. Like, every like last show of the year, we need to read this. We need to read this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, look, I, honestly, I'm totally down for that. I'm 100% down for this. Actually, I just want to write the Lethal Weapon version now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. You want to so. shot the title, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. This, this is incredible. Thank you, Mike. I, really, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, and it's, it's fantastic. I know you'd love it. I do. I, I really it's like your do. favorite movie, so. It is. Had to, yeah, it is. It's had not, to do it. We, we have this conversation too on our, on our Patreon, on our commentary, but it's, it's not even just my favorite Christmas movie. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I just, I, I love this movie so much. Um, and now to know that it is my new Grinch who stole Christmas, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty wonderful. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are just about out of time here. Um, Omar, thank you. Yes. Thank this, you, this guys. Actually, so yeah, we really enjoyed you. This was, yeah. this was a lot of fun. And we, that sounded actually really good. It, it did sound oh, really we, weird. We just um, enjoyed. You were great. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Those God, commercial I, breaks. I need a cigarette. Let me oh, yeah. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> I would uh, would like to point out one of uh, so we've had some people commenting and one of them is a, is a good friend of mine that I used to run uh, games in in high school and he said this episode is giving me nostalgia till I remembered how horribly you killed off my character <laughs> in one of our campaigns. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so uh, once again, where can everybody find more about your shows and things that you do? Sure, uh, you can check out SSG Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also tune into Hyper RPG. On Twitch, uh, on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And you can also find me on Twitter at Omer Najam and on Instagram at Omer Najam Film. Although on Instagram, it's just going to be pictures. That's that's what that is. <laughs> so You post pictures on Instagram? That's weird. Uh, I was putting... Uh, I can't even think of a joke. Yes. <laughs> I can't think of any way to break that platform. Because I was like, yeah, I know I was writing a book. No, there would be pictures of a book. Then. No. <laughs> no, it's a picture book. It's a picture book. I mean, I guess it could be pictures of text, which would be... I, admittedly, a weird picture. But right, it could be could be a thing. I didn't want to tweet it, so I took a picture of but it. But you don't want people stealing it, so it's actually a blurry picture of <laughs> right. text with it with a watermark on the front. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. There's just nothing. Uh, and then come January, uh, we will be having our thank you for questing show, which will be popping up. So I'll be tweeting about that, and I'll send you guys the information. Yeah, absolutely, we'll share it around. Wonderful. So. And I think that's it. I think that wraps up all the stuff that I'm currently doing. Awesome, uh, Derek. You got any got any shows? Uh, no, not until uh, not until January. 
Yeah. So everything's just done. Everything's done for December. The end of the year. It's Fuck all you, 2017. <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, and we thought 2016 was bad. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Uh, if you haven't already, so we again we didn't talk about it on the show tonight, but we did. Uh, there is a Cineblokes, an episode of Cineblokes that is reviewing Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and it is spoiler free at the beginning, and then we have a spoiler section afterwards where we really get into it. Um, and although the thing that I mentioned that I mentioned that I saw the second time is not on the review because I, I'd only seen yeah. it once at that point. Um, and I actually, someone commented that they had, uh, they had noticed that right out the gate. Wow. Uh, I want to know. It's a keen eye. It's a keen eye there. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, as always, Tuesday, there'll be a new Dark Crusader comic strip. We are right in the middle of Citizen Candy Cane's evil plot to take over Danger City. It's pretty sinister this year, guys, so check it out. And uh, this will always be available in podcast form on our website, jackofallnerdshow.com, and, of course, also on the Hyper RPG SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash hyperrpg, everybody. This has been the Jack of All Nerds. We will talk at you later. Later.